Matters, welcome back to part two with Ben Fiore. Ben, welcome back. Well, I'm here and, and it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So we were talking, um, that, you know, Ben is a retired uh, police officer from New York City, right? Oh, yes. The Big Apple. The Big Apple, from Coney Island to Long Island to being a transit police officer. And then he retired and he worked on making his dream come true, which he has made come true. He's the winner of the best thriller screenplay, the fifth grade. He's an optioned um, screenwriter. He's an optioned screenwriter, award-winning, and recently pr produced screenwriter. And in part two, we were talking about how he went from cop to... Um, successful produced screenwriter and one of his first um, lucky breaks was his his film pursuit the action thriller starring John Cusack and he he's the co-writer and it's currently on Amazon and Apple TV if you'd like to check it out and so uh, Ben where, where do you where do you want to talk about next so you have these award-winning screenplays do you want to talk about right. um, we talked about your lovely wife and sons your wife has some beautiful children's books your son is is uh, interactive designer from Marvel Entertainment. Hello. And your son is an actor <laughs> studying with Lee Strasberg uh, Institute and Film and Theater in New York City. So the whole yes. family is entertainment now. And um, do you want to talk about the co-creator of your sitcom project? Do you want to talk about that one? What, what do you want to talk about next? Oh, yeah. Yes, I'd like to, to speak about that. I, I ventured into a little comedy. Um, a few years back, I had an idea and it's called the Mamaluke. And, you know, Mamaluke is like a, a slang Italian term for uh, somebody that's like kind of a, a goofy wannabe type. And, wait, wait, let's, and let's, let's say it, it so they can hear it. Mamaluke, is that how you say it? Yes, it's called the Mamaluke. And it, it's, a, it's a story about a middle-aged, sappy type of guy. And what he does is he likes to make his friends and neighbors think he's an actual mafiosa. But in reality... He's just a real schlep for the real wise guys down at the social club. You know, he runs errands for them and he cooks for them, wash their cars, gets up their cars, that kind of stuff. And at home, you know, his his wife, you know, his living mother-in-law and his kids, they know the real deal. So they, they really rib him at, at home for it. But And all, all the things, the, the situations that he gets into, all, you know, are, uh, are based around his, his trying to purport that he's a mob guy when he really isn't. And, and it was it's a really, you know, it's a fun, original concept. And uh, Johnny Roast Beef Williams of Goodfellas and Green Book and Honeymoon in Vegas. And he's he's the lead in it, and he's just perfect for it. He's, he's, he's great. And we had shot a pilot out in L.A. We shot a pilot and a few additional episodes that we've been shopping around. So right now, you know, the whole thing is that they're into more... Um, uh, you know the uh reality type of shows so there's less scripted so but we're still you know we're still out there uh pushing it and it's a lot of fun and people can actually go we have a website it's um www.mamaluke.com so you just spell that mamaluke m-a-m-a-l-u-k-e tv one word dot com at mamaluke.com you can see the episodes for free and the, 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 the pilots there with the additional episodes is a little bit about all of us on there there's um a sizzle reel so people could check out the show and we're, we're currently still pitching it 
yeah, so I want everyone to know, can you share, like, who's in it? Come on, come on, come on. You didn't share who's in Mama Luke. Oh, yeah, well, Johnny Rosebeef Williams is, is the um, is the lead. You know, like I said, he's from Goodfellas. Uh, we have um, so that's, uh, that's Ron... a real person's name, right? The Johnny Rosebeef. I thought that was the character's name. Forgive me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they actually, they call him that in Goodfellas, so he, that name stuck with him, Johnny Rosebeef. But okay. Johnny Rosebeef Williams is his name and he's he's the lead and it and he's um he's great you recognize him right away when you see him from goodfellas and he's been in quite a few things like green book he's as only, well yes green book which was best picture a couple of years back great movie so you've got a best picture actor and an actor from goodfellas which happens to be one of your favorite directors martin scorsese who wrote goodfellas and you study right. goodfellas so all your childhood um stuff that you love is coming true and you're doing quite yes. exceptionally well from like you know from cop to 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 top of the he, he uh, hot, top in hollywood so congratulations so proud so happy for you because it's like, Thanks. like you said, you know, the persistence as long as you have to stay in the game and you have to be persistent in order for things to happen you know if somebody's just dabbling and and they're never going to get there you know what i mean you have to just it, it as you know it, it's a tough tough business and you know, the, and the like I said, if I had all the rejections and on paper, I'd, I'd have a, a room stacked up with them. But they just make you still, you know, you have to just come back. You you use it to make you stronger, and you come back. So when you're persistent, you know, things will eventually happen, and it takes time. You know, I, I wish like the, the break happened 20 years earlier, but hey, better late than never, right? As they say. Yeah, I'm on that on that older career path myself. You know, because. Uh... It would have been nice to have some success early on, but if you don't have those name actors attached, like they always want like, oh, we love this script. Do you have the A-list actor attached? And you're like, um, I thought you're supposed to do that. <laughs> and, and I, I, yeah. So, um, so now I'm, you know, but, the, uh, but now I'm turned into a producer and literary manager and, and, uh, but you know, like there's so many times you want to quit and you're so discouraged, but um, you just have to keep going. And I, I just, for some reason, whatever, I'm on the, 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 I'm on the turtle. I'm like, I'm not the hare. I didn't get the fast track. I got the slowest, longest uh, waiting for my turn to cut to, to happen. And like, I, I have a lot of good meetings coming up and I pray that like one of those will be finally the door that opens and i can see my it probably will be because you, you stuck it out you you you, you know you, you stayed with it you know that's what i mean like you no know, people that 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 just say well i'm gonna dabble in this and see if something happens that their hearts are in it but you're it's part of everything you do you know it's 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 what you want you're not just dabbling you you're in it you're in it you know for the long haul and that's what i had to tell myself so look you're in this for the long haul it's not going to be easy is this what you want is this your passion yes it is you know, yeah. and and even even if it didn't go any further than this, I'd rather have tried and this, and, you know, then look back, say I never did it. I never had the guts to, to try it. I, I, I'd be terrified of looking at look, you know, saying what could have been, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine, you know, you don't do it, but, you know, you have reservations. Oh, I can't, you know, I don't want to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And then you, you know, years go by and years go by fast and 20 years, like, you know, it just goes by like that. And if I had never tried it. I don't know how I feel right now. And then looking, I did try it and things are happening. So, yeah, you know, you, you just got to, you know, like I said, I wish the breaks would have happened 20 years earlier, but hey, they're still here. So I'm going to make the best of them, you know? 
Yeah, and I want everyone to know, like, you also have a, a multiple award-winning short thriller script called Condemn. And, um, yeah, and it's like, um, you know, honorable mention, not at the Hollywood Script Award competition. And you're working on the hard screenplay. And you just, um, yes. you also have another, um, a multi-award-winning feature-length uh, female lead psychological thriller screenplay in the quiet of the evening, yes. co-written by Hi. Raymond Isaac. And um, right. that's recently optioned by Milestone Studios in LA. And your boxing yes. short, Puncher's Chance, is um, was going to be produced. Um, uh, that was produced. By the way, um, um, it was, it's a, a woman director who, Actually, she's the um, script supervisor for the reboot of MacGyver that's, that's filmed. And uh, you remember the, the TV show MacGyver? They oh, did a yeah. reboot. Yeah, the CBS All Access. And she's she's actually the script supervisor for that. She wanted to uh, go into the directing. So she discovered the script, and it's a short boxing theme. And she shot it about like two summers ago, and they're just um, completing some things on it now. And I'm hoping you know to see it soon. Oh, so that's that, Pumper's Chance. That's a puncher's, puncher's chance. chance. Puncher's like boxing, right? Right. right. Yeah. It's about a boxer, the corrupt manager. Yes. Puncher's Chance is actually a, a term in boxing for a guy that may not be the best skilled boxer, but he's got a hard punch, and if he lands it, he's got that chance of knocking the other guy out. And it's kind of it kind of focuses on a, a boxer whose manager is very corrupt and bets against him, and he finds out and takes a bad beating. So it's a pretty cool story. I'm dying to see it, um, you know, come to life on the screen. Well, your so your writing sounds like it's exceptional, like exceptional. And you're writing what people want to go see at the at the movie theaters. They want to see action. They want to see thriller. They want to see horror. They want to see sports boxing. Like um, you definitely you are having these things that and and everything you're getting like these A list actors on it. These A list credited TV producers and um so congratulations i'm really so happy for you you know like i said there's, there's still a ways to go but you know these little strides you know and, and they make you want to keep going you know what i mean when, when these things happen you say wow you know it is possible you know so i got to keep going so i, I need that the shot in the arm with this stuff you know and and yes little by little you know things are happening yeah and then so yeah. yeah, I I just want everyone to just be so inspired by this um podcast episode. So it's never too late, everyone. It's only too late if you give up and never try. So I hope that this is inspiring you to try, to write that script, to produce that script, to direct that script, to try acting, to try whatever you want to try. Like I didn't know how to do a podcast, but I had to learn all by myself. No one taught me. No one taught me anything. And um. I wrote, I, my children's stories are so important to me because I write comedy and I, I write children entertainment. I write screwball comedy and I wanted to do something that I wasn't, didn't, you know, like, like I remember sewing. I can sew by myself. You get like the material and the machine and I just was by myself and could make a, a, a dress or a top or a pants or whatever I want to make. And like podcasts kind of was my way of like, I didn't need, like when you make a film, you got to get the DP, you got to get the actors and you got to get all this stuff. So during the pandemic, I go, oh, I can make a podcast and it could just be me. I can write it. I can direct, I can produce it. I had to figure out how to do all the voiceovers by myself. 
and I was up and running. I I didn't need everybody because like in Hollywood, like before they before they let you in, you got to get this actor and that one and this one and that one. And oh, and you know, so it's like so that was a way to like I could just play and do it without having all these obstacles. So hopefully everyone that's listening is inspired to to just start and follow their passion and um, I wanted to, um, I, ha, what, who inspires you to write? Do you have any writing styles, like any writers that you're writing styles? Um, you know, I, I always uh, admired Rod Serling, with, you know, getting back to the Twilight Zone and, and that, t- that type of writing. Uh, he's one of them because uh, he also had written, um, there's, a, there's a great, again, in boxing comes into it again. There's a great movie called Requiem for a Heavyweight. You've probably heard of it. It's it's an old film. It was actually done twice. It was done as a teleplay. And then the movie version starred Jackie Gleason, Mickey Rooney, and Anthony Quinn. And uh, and it was it's a great, great story about a broken down heavyweight boxer and and then Jackie Gleason plays the, you know, the, the corrupt manager and that kind of story again. And uh, you know, this the script was written by Rod Serling. So it showed like like um, how versatile he is with his right. It wasn't just a Twilight Zone type of thing, but he, he stepped into that realm in, in boxing and he wrote a, an amazing story. If you ever get the chance to see it again, it's a great old film. It was probably done in the early 1960s. Requiem uh, for, uh, for a heavyweight. For a heavyweight. And like, right, and it, it's, a, it's a great story. And that was written by Rod Serling. So I, I always you know admired him and his style. Of writing and, and especially the Twilight Zone, he, he wrote most of those episodes. And he was the host you know? of it too, right? Yes. So Rod yes, Serling was, was a the host. Show. I had no idea that he also wrote those episodes. Wow, he was super most talented. Of, well, other writers that that were uh, very very gifted writers, by the way, that had also wrote with him on there. But the, the majority of them he wrote himself, and he created the whole concept of the Twilight Zone. Wow. Again, like I had mentioned earlier, something I would love to be a part of an anthology like that again. Yeah. You know, so, so that so he was he, you know that he was kind of an influence, you know, always having admired him and his work. So yeah, that that's I would say that that was like probably the number one influence in it, as far as actual. Well, you know, uh, Ben, I'm going to tug, tug your little uh, writing chain because um, I have a podcast called uh, Ghostly ghostly stories and strange things now ghostly stories and strange things so maybe we'll do like a a little uh a ghost story or maybe we can do a podcast um featuring some of your things i did thrilling stories identity theft that was a brian herskowitz script that he wrote and we had like gina hecht adam lazar white we had joel gibbs emmy winner leonard whoop and that so that's on thrilling stories and we did one season of identity theft and it was so much fun and um, and and some of those podcasts get turned into TV shows. So you can sometimes do the podcast series, and then like Amazon or Netflix or Hulu looking for stuff. Um, you know, we'll say, oh, we'd love to turn that into a TV show. So sometimes that works. But um, sure, that's great. I'm, I'm on board for all of that. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, it's like we only have so much time. But since you know, like you you try to find what someone likes writing, what they have writing, because that's what they're gonna focus on. That's their content that they want out. So um, right. you try to align up with what people want, because you know you go to a studio for animation for children's content. You don't go with them with horse stuff. You got to find like what they're what they need. And a lot of people do have their right. own content that they're creating. So sometimes you go to people like 
you hear like they, their schedules set for the next five years, like certain studios, like you can't even get in because they're, I mean, my writing class with John, um, John, uh, John uh, Shanner, and he just passed away. God bless his soul. His best friend was Jack Nicholson. And he was uh, wrote like the doctor, the Island Dr. Moreau. He, he said one of his students was Trouble with the Curve. And that um, guy was a bartender. He wrote Trouble with the Curve put it in his drawer because he didn't know an A-list agent or manager or actor. So just gave it up bartending. One day he was at a party, met a lady that knew Clint Eastwood. And um, it was the right place at the right time because that Clint Eastwood schedules full and booked for the next five years. It's just booked. And um, a lady got pregnant. So she wasn't able to do it. I think it was a big star. Like Beyonce got pregnant, wasn't able to do her film. So he had an opening for a new film and he never has one. That lady was the right place to tell Clint Eastwood about trouble with the curve. And it was took 10 years before he had that meeting with the lady because some uh, Beyonce was pregnant. There was an opening for him looking for a new script, which normally wouldn't. That was meant to be. So that's how trouble with the curve came about. So sometimes you have to wait for that being in the right place at the right time yes. for everything to align, which is interesting. Some people just like get their luck so fast and just everything lines up quickly in their 20s and their 30s and um you know i'm past 40 so uh, you know i'm on a long turtle path <laughs> yeah i mean again it goes back to just you know being persistent and not giving up you know and, and and that's that's the way i look at it like like you just mentioned like again i wish it happened 20 years ago and i would have had more time to enjoy it and to and to keep you know keep moving forward but hey I'd rather have it, you know, now that's better late than not having it at all, any kind of success. Yeah. You know, like you said, the star, sometimes, you know, the, the timing, the stars have to be aligned for you and your right place, right time. And somebody's listening, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and hopefully that happens as well for me. But, you know, little by little, like I said, I'm, you know, things are happening. So. Well, you write action and thrillers because everybody wants that big, a big action script. Like they want those action oh, yeah. scripts. They want they want those genre films and they want the horror films because like um, in Hollywood, they they know that like horror films a little bit easier because you it's um, people go to be scared and have fun so don't really need right. to have all those name actors um but even though they love having name actors or those social influencers that have the following followers but it'd be nice if they let more new people come in that are just talented and give them that lucky break but you know everybody wants that the, the investors want like well how many pre-sales how many you know it's like so it's it's like a money thing it's an easier thing to put at the top but that's why independent people you just keep encouraged to just keep encouraged just trying to keep encourage anyone because there's maybe like so many talented people that aren't encouraged that we're, we're missing out on all their beautiful art like their their stories and their films so I, I'm, I'm thinking everyone has opened the doors to me and to you and to people that are artists that are newer that are you know are worthy of having their stuff being looked at because those are precious, precious stories that the world would love, love, love to see. And I'm sure the world would love to support it by going to see it. So if you guys want to support Ben Fiore, he's got a website that you can check out all his stuff. It's um, right, Ben? It's uh, your... It's benfiore.us. So it's just benfiore, B-E-N-F-I-O-R-E.us. And that's my regular website. And on there, you can learn more about available screenplays a little bio of me on there and the, there's the uh 
the Sizzle Reel for the Mama Luke TV series on there and stuff like that. So that's benfiore.us. Yeah. And, and if you, uh, you know, people can check that out. Yeah. And if everyone's listening, I want to say thank you so much for making us, um, uh, you know, we're top 5% podcast right now and we're hitting number one weekly in countries. I want to say hello to all the beautiful countries and USA for listening. And if anyone wants to give us, uh, you know, hit the five stars and subscribe. If you can download the podcast, that helped me out uh, a lot. And if you'd like to donate, um, buy me coffee, sneakies, or PayPal anonymous content, be so appreciative. And all of Ben Fiore's and all the information is always in the summary. I'll put that in there. And I always have a nice photo of our guests. And um, so, Ben, uh, do you want to share like your favorite Criterion film or anything like that with our audience? Actually, that you brought that up, um, you know, being John Malkovich um, falls into that. Category and I, I thought that was like the coolest thing when I had seen first seen that when they find the portal and they get into his head and and he I think he's a, he's an absolutely brilliant actor he's brilliant anything he does and and these days you know he's still around he's doing you know he's an older now but he's doing a lot of stuff and uh, as far as that category I always liked that one and I thought that was really cool and I just it just took me in you know what I mean and and, and I, I just went along with it and I loved it. You know, and, and I, like I said, I, I think he's a wonderful actor. So all the more I got into it, it was about, it was about him, you know, and, and, and you're just following him around. And when they, they get into his head and it was a pretty cool concept. <laughs> you know, so, so in that category, I kind of like that one. Oh, you know, yeah. I remember that. I'd like to see it again, as a matter of fact. I always like to revisit some, some of my favorite movies. You know, oh. just recently my wife and I watched, um, we always like to sit down on the weekend and watch, you know, a movie. And we just watched again, we watched on Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, who I also think is absolutely brilliant. And that he was, he was, he deserved an Academy Award, hands down, you know, we, we just watched that again. And he was just absolutely brilliant in that. And so, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, lo I love to, uh, when I, when I watch these movies too, I also, I kind of look at it in a more analytical type of way, because I'm, I'm, you know, this, I'm, I'm paying attention to the script and to the direction and everything. So, you know, you know, you probably, you're probably like that yourself. You look at a movie, you know, like the average movie go, and now you're, you're kind of analyzing everything. And, and those were great films that I just mentioned. Oh, so, well, you know, since I was born in Naples, Italy, ciao, everyone. I got to say my favorite, Federico Fellini, eight and a half, La Dolce Vita. Like, I mean, yum, 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 yum. Like those, like I see those films and go, and like, when I look at these master filmmakers, I'm like, how do I even start? I mean, some of these are so intimidating that like, I, I just, you know, there's just so many beautiful films, especially the old black and white films. It's just stunning. Oh, yeah. They're so stunning. Um, Very stunning movies like the Samurai trilogy, like the Seven Samurai and I, and, and El, El Samurai, that's the French one where the guy's in his nice little um, outfit and drives his car around. Like I was so fascinated with that one. I was just like, I didn't even know what they were just saying in French, but I was just like, I gotta, I, I'm going to keep watching this one. <laughs> like you still appreciate the beauty of it, you know, and the way it's put together. And you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because even, even if you're not understanding what they're saying, you, you just the, uh, just seeing it and seeing the way it's put together and and, and you're you're enjoying it just just for that in that sense you know you don't have to know really much about what they're saying if the film is that good you know yeah but, and uh, yeah 
And there's some I, that like, you know, I go, I don't know what they're doing. Like the seventh sale, like Ingmar Bergman, you're like, okay. You know what I mean? Like you would just be like, as a little kid, I didn't understand a lot and they'd be over my head. But there was just something fascinating about, and like, oh, and like, just, you know, I have to mention because I guess I'm Italian. So I got to like stand up for like, ah, my country, La Ventura. I mean, how beautiful is, uh, you know, Monica Vitti and director Michelangelo Anton, Anton, you could probably say it better than me, Antonio Onio, right? Right. Yeah. My mom's, um, um, Antonetta. So I always like saying that. And like, there's just, oh my gosh, there's just so many beautiful films that are black and white films. Like I, everyone knows by now the bicycle thief, like that is just heartbreaking. And El Postino, you're just like, oh my heart. Oh my heart. You know what I mean? And um, so. Uh, the Godfather is 50 years this year. The Godfather is 50 years? Wow. 50 years, 1972 was released and you know I remember my my I begged my parents to take me with them to go see it and they took me to see it and I was like I was absolutely fascinated sitting in that theater and to me that that's a masterpiece of cinema and it always will be it'll always, it'll always hold up no matter 50 years or even another 50 years from now it'll still be looked at as, as a masterpiece and I, I remember sitting in that theater as a, as a young kid 13 years old whatever I was and I was just like totally fascinated by it I was totally taken by it and uh, the one movie I wanted to add real quick to you, the one movie that, when I, when I, again, I was a teenager and I went into the movies to see and was the original Jaws. The first Jaws, it, it actually changed my life and that really made me really want to be a part of the magic. I just thought that, and to this day, it's my favorite movie of all time. I, I thought the storyline, the acting, everything about it was just so great. It, it, it just hit the mark with me. And I remember as a kid and I was just like, totally astounded in the theater I had to go back about eight times to see it again and and to this day Jaws just stands out with me that was the, the film that really like it kind of changed my life at that point they said you know someday I have to be part of this magic I have to be if they could do this if they could thrill audiences like this and have you know and then releasing it at the beginning of the summer how ingenious is that you didn't even need any advertising nobody wanted to go in the water so everybody was talking about you know and I, I just to this day that's that's stands out as my as as that was the key you know movie for me. like the, the time that i just stood i said that they said man i wish i could be part of this magic but these people pulled off it was so great you know so so great yeah um i went did you ever go to universal studios and go on the train and see like the the jaws the jaws one at yes, Universal? They, have, yes, they had the thing where you're in that boat and then they had the jaws I, I heard that they don't have it anymore. Uh, whatever reason. That's a but shame yes, because that was that was like the train would take you around Universal, the back lot, and the Jaws would come out, and it was such. And yes. then you had Back to the Future, the ride for Back to the Future. They changed that one. It's now all Harry Potter. But that Back to Future, where it's like you're in the chair and it moves and the screens in front of you, it's like a wild ride. Yes. Jaws and Back to the Future at Universal was the best, the best. Yes. I know you have Harry Potter, but. Bring those two back because we love it. <laughs> yes, both very popular attractions. And then with the joy, they would play the music, you know, the classic music. And the shark was coming out and people were screaming. And I, it was so much fun, you know. But, uh, yeah, that, that really did it for me. Yeah. So is I, there any favorite yeah. movie shot in the, in the thing? Any um, favorite movie shot you would like to? In, 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 uh, in any particular film? Uh, you know, there's just so many. There's just... um. 
there's so many that I have on the list that I that I just love, you know what I mean? So a lot of times I'll, uh, you know, either go, like, I mean, if you go on YouTube, they'll have, like, um, HD clips of all, you know, so sometimes I just watch certain clips of movies, like, say, for example, we spoke about Goodfellas and uh, the, um, the, the famous scene, which turned out to be uh, improvisational scene with Joe Pesci when he's talking about funny, you know, you're a funny guy. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny how? Like I'm a clown? I'm usually funny how? You know, the way he does that. And and I, I just I just love that. And I, I, I every once in a while, I just got to see that again, knowing that he, he got that for, he told Scorsese that one time when he was a kid, he worked in a restaurant. And there was a mob guy in there that he was trying to impress the guy. And he, he said something to the guy, like, oh, you know, you're really funny and everything. And the guy turned on him like that and scared the hell out of him. So he remembered that. And that's actually a true story. And he asked Scorsese, could I do this a little bit? And Scorsese was the type that would let the actors, you know, go ahead, you know, let's see what you got. And they loved it so much, they kept it in there. It was not a scripted scene. Wow. And so things like that, like, stand out with me. And I, I love that kind of stuff. So I love going back, you know, to that and seeing that again. And speaking of Jaws again, Roy Scheider, the scene when the, they sees how big the shark is, and he backs in and Quintus in and he goes, you're going to need a bigger boat. That was also an, an uh, improvisational line. It wasn't in the script. So that kind of stuff, I, I, you know, I always sticks out with me. And those kind of scenes and knowing the background of the scene, how it came about and that the, the, the lines were improvisational, if that was the case. And it just makes it even more fascinating to me. I love all that stuff. I love all behind the scenes stuff, by the way. I love all the, you know, when you get the DVD and it tells you the, the whole behind the scenes of the making of the movie. Well, I'm I'm the guy that's like studying that. Well, I just want to, yeah, I just want to tell everyone, thank you for coming back to part two. And please um, go to Ben Fiore. Ben, can you give your um your uh your website one more time? We have a few minutes. It's www.benfiore.us. That's B-E-N-F-I-O-R-E, one word, dot U-S. And that's my website. And, uh, you know, I'm also, of course, I'm on social media as well on I have a Ben Fiore screenwriter page on Facebook, as a matter of fact. And uh, um, I'm on um, uh, Instagram as Ben Fiore screenwriter as well. So, you know, but uh, benfiore.us is the regular website. Thank you, everyone.